Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my latest book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like it personalized, send a message to eoldford at flankerpress.com and I'll personalize it and send it out within the week. Makes a great Christmas present. It's almost that time of year again. Remember, flankerpress.com and eoldford at flankerpress.com if you'd like it personalized. Have a great Christmas. Happy hockey season. Hello, 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 welcome to this episode 75, Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Today's guest, one of my good buddies, recurring guest, Ken the Killer Reed of Sportsnet fame. A lot of you uh, tune in to see Ivanka Osmak. And there you go. You see a little bit of Kenny Weekdays by default. Sportsnet. Central. I kid, I kid. Two good-looking people. And uh, Kenny and I have been buddies for, I guess you would say, a decade and a half. I used to drive around northern Alberta while playing for the Bentley Generals. And um, working in the oil patch. I was, I don't know much about that stuff, man. But uh, our team, our, our, I guess, GM who ran the Bentley Generals, very successful senior franchise. Look it up. We were in the early stages of the Generals then. They won two Allen Cups. I think they went to like eight in a row or nine in a row. I was at the beginning of that. And I think it was 06, 07, 07, 08, around there. Maybe 07, 08. Anyway, Wes Gary, the great guy, owned the team and had a pipe, pipe fitting company. Uh, and... Um, 
anyway, I would do what they call hot shot, drive things out to places in you know, normally Northern Alberta from Red Deer. So I, you know, be driving for quite a bit on off days that the team didn't play. It's actually a decent little gig, although it did scare me into going back to school. I used to think about it. Like it was, it was decent money, but you know, it's, it's you know, a lot of <laughs> driving wasn't too bad. I also worked uh, in his warehouse there and uh, work yard or whatever you call it. Little things like I didn't know how to drive a forklift, but I kind of trial and error kind of thing. A anything that needed to be done that uh, didn't take much knowledge. Anyway, I just felt like a total idiot, to be honest with you. And we went to the Allen Cup that year, lost to Brantford in the final in Brantford. Played all right. It was a great year, though. <clears throat> For senior hockey out west, we had to win Alberta. It was a great fight against uh, Stony Plain Eagles. We went seven games with them. And uh, all ex-pro guys, too. And my roommate from Tri-City, Zenith Komarniski, he was actually playing. Great fella. Um, I mean, a lot of guys were. But uh, that was 07, 08. Then we, we won that and had to play um, Fort St. John because they won the BC portion. And we had to play five games and five nights in the fort, which was... Wow, very hard to do. They won one. We beat them three games to one. We had the better team, but they weren't easy in that rink in Fort St. John, man, Northern BC. They had a packed, throwing beers, kind of fans that you like to play for, hate playing against. It's never, it was always tension kind of thing. But hey, they, that's what they had to do. They made it rough on us, but uh, we got there. Anyway, it was a fantastic year, 07, 08 for me, seeing a lot of my buddies. In Red Deer again, it had been a decade since I'd played there. So for many reasons, it was fun. But I used to get bored and I was listening. I think it was called the Bob Stoffer Show. And Ken was, I don't want to use the word sidekick. He, he did it with Bob, but it was obviously Bob's show. You know, he was like Robin to Bob's Batman, I suppose. I'll ask him the ins and outs, but I can't remember. But what ended up happening was what I would call in and tell stories so the boys were like, hey, do you want to be on every Tuesday? So then every Tuesday, I would go on with them. And, and I think they called it Terry's Tale or Trainwreck Tuesdays with Ken and Terry. And it was a bit of a laugh. And we stayed in touch, Ken, shortly after that. Got the gig in Toronto with Sportsnet, to which he has to this day. And I'll see him in a couple of weeks. I'm going to see the Leafs November 4th. Hopefully they can get out of this funk because uh, they're a better team than, than than what's been shown on the ice. So and to... Uh, I guess in my preamble today, I'll talk a little bit about that. I've got, uh, you know, I'm getting all kinds of questions. I, it's hard. Again, please don't be offended if I don't get to your messages. It's starting to be a little bit overwhelming because I'm getting them from the film angle, from the podcast angle, from the books angle, and then family angle, and then I got friends. So I, I don't get to all of them, but I do get to read a lot of questions. And, um, you know, a lot of them are pretty mean the same thing, right? I got 25 or 26, literally, I started to count them earlier today, like tick them off or whatever as I'm going through. With the basic gist of how do you think the Leafs are going to do, are they going to make the playoffs, should they get rid of Marner, which basically is just speculation on the Leafs. So I'll go there first. Equal amount about the Habs, but just to start, just because this is vague and I'm trying to answer a lot of questions at once. So I think I'll talk about the Leafs and the Habs for a bit and tell me what you think. 
Actually, please don't tell me what you think. That'd be, uh, it's, it's hard enough keeping track of the questions, let alone the follow-ups. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I kid, but I, I totally appreciate everybody being engaged, man. I, I just, at some point, I think I need a, someone to run a social media page for me or something. It's hard to keep all the ducks in a row when I'm using my own Instagram, saying Facebook. I go on Twitter much. It, it just depressed me trying to get back to everybody and I just let it go. I, bl I blocked it out of my mind. <clears throat> so those that follow me on Twitter, I'm sorry I'm not as uh, active lately. If I do, it's pretty much self-promotion, but I'm done with opinions, at least for now. I just can't, I, I just can't do it. It's, it, it's too tough mentally just going on to Twitter. And I don't mean people are attacking me, just generally the gist. It's either sports updates or news updates, which is what I use it for. If you start following too many people with opinions, even if they're your buddies, you just go down this wormhole that's negative. Reminds me everything bad in the world. You know, yes, uh, personally and, and we just actually as much publicly, anything. If I want to know what's bad about my province, my country, the world I live in, the climate, um, social attitudes, civil rights, my own career, my own life, my, any of that. If I go to Twitter, I'll find more negative than positive. So I don't think, I think the Twitterverse speaks. A lot of people think it speaks for everybody, but it doesn't. I think it speaks for a lot of pessimists. And uh, other than the news reports, which I, I, like I said, I use it for. Now I'm rambling myself anyway. I'm getting a lot of the same questions. So first of all, I think Montreal and Toronto are apples and oranges. Even though the Habs were in the final and coming off that, if anybody thought that that wasn't an anomaly, you're, you're probably wrong. I mean, last year at the beginning of the playoffs, I love the Habs. Obviously, I want my old team to win, right? Like I've often said, it only benefits me when that happens in small ways, but, you know, little things like watching it with my daughter. I want them to win. I'm proud of the fact I played there. Any, any, um, Negative negativity is just, you know, water under the bridge it was mostly real positive. As I've said, I won't elaborate on right now, but the Habs, I don't think anybody expected them to be in the final. I mean, you know, maybe the most diehard fans, even then, I think it was more hope, but they got there now, since they've gotten there, they've lost a lot. People are saying Weber and price huge, but Deneau was big, man. I can't believe I'm saying that, but you know, he was, he kept a lot of those, scorers in check hello leaps not just him but he was pretty spectacular you know for a while it was shades of bob gainey in 86 like he was playing real 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 fantastic two-way hockey didn't score the most but i think his plus minus whatever it was it was uh you know give him an a plus so then you got carrie price you know what you could argue he's the best goalie in the world. If, if he's not, he's, I mean, I would think most people would say the best Canadian goalie available for the Olympics, for the Habs, for whatever. I mean, he was a big reason they got to the final. He's not playing. Shea Weber, there's a guy that crushes all analytics. I mean, they're probably pretty good. I don't know what his actual, like, I, I don't, you know, his Corsi or whatever that would be. But when playoffs come, it's clearly a different game in hockey. Refs put their whistles away. Players step it up. You know, it's just hard to do that over 82 games 
for the players. So, the, you know, people shit on the referees, but it's just that's the way it is, man. It gets more intense. You can't call a penalty at all game. And it just gets more intense. People know that. I don't really think many people have a problem with it outside of new fans to the game. They can't really understand, you know, like in, in baseball, a strike is a strike. A ball is a ball. It, it's, it's more static. Like, you know, hockey, you're just like, it's just so many more nuances to each shift. You're changing on the fly. You got to keep track of that. You know, you got a weapon. I've gone over this. I've beaten it like a dead horse, man. In my book with segments so let's, you know, let's just agree the playoffs are different. So the Habs, I, I mean, if, if they were to make the playoffs, I would think it's miraculous. Did I expect them to do this bad? No, and I don't know where they're going to go. I don't. Um, but there's at least a little room for improvement because Deneau isn't coming back, but I think... Guys like um, Dvorak, who came in, uh, Caulfield, I, I, I don't think they're going to continue to do nothing. Mike Hoffman scored last night. I, I, I just think they'll do a little bit better. I, I still don't, I wasn't pegging them to make the playoffs, but I don't see them being like, what are they, one and six or one and seven? You know, what's that on pace for? 10 years, 10 wins all year. I think they'll be a bit better than that. But the Leafs, the Leafs are interesting. Again, I love watching them play. Marner gets a lot of shit. I think that comes from the contract. I just don't know why. If I recall, it was he was offered six years at like 10.5, and he turned it down and took the 10.8. You know, for 300 extra thousand, that's taxed. I'm sorry, but it's just put in – and I know people go for the money, and they should. You know, it's – I shouldn't say they should look at Steven Stamkos, right? Worked out for him, took less, winning the cups. I think in the long run, he'll be set for life anyway and probably mentally uh, more at ease. Uh, but that's it. And I love Marner. I don't think he's a greedy guy. I think the money was on the table. He was young. I don't know what his agent was telling him, but you know, you're offered that. I don't think he was sitting there going, fuck them for 10.5. I'm only going for 10.8. I think there was a lot of people in on that decision, whether it was friends, family, agent, whatever. But as it was happening, I was like, man, that extra 300 is I just pay that to give myself more mental leeway, you know, because he's going to get the brunt of it. What are you going to do? Right. Matthews, arguably the best scorer in the game. At least the last couple of years, you know, Ovechkin. OK, let's say one of the top three. So. What does he get like 11? I think you can make that argument. Still much, man. I don't know. A lot, uh, the teams that win seem to have their best players taking a little bit less. Um, but whatever um, gets that, the best goal scorer in the league, you could make an easy argument that he's worth that. And then you get Tavares, Marner. Guys, I love watching. I just think they put themselves in a tough position. And when things like this happen, I guess you got to expect it from the fans. But as bad as it is, I, I like with the comparisons to Montreal, and I said Montreal are going to get better because those players are coming back. The Leafs don't really have anybody, any juggernaut to come back. Muzzin, though, is playing at an all-time low, if you're watching. Marner Matthews, I mean, they have to take off. Whether they get deep into the playoffs, I don't know. I mean, 
There's where the analytics, I mean, clearly something happens. The tough part is that that series against the last year against Montreal meant so much because I know I can, I can't say I've been in the same position, but I've been in dressing rooms with people that have gone through the same sort of thing. And it's tough because the regular season now for the Leafs doesn't mean anything, right? Are they, they could think about it. Matthews could get 55 goals and Marner can get 120 points. And so on and so on. I hate to put it on those guys, but the contracts go with that, right? I, I literally feel for them, man. I do. Because I hate to play with this pressure. And that negative room is just like it's so negative and you can only get positive. You got to wait for that next game. And if you lose again, you know, we all know they're better than that. We all know it. Uh, but anyway, where was I? So that loss, right, against Montreal, even if it happened in the second or third round, but it happened right off the bat again. And the way they came back, the Habs came back three to one. And that can be mentally damaging. And a guy like Marner now, if you look at it, what is it, seven games, six games, seven games, no goals, one assist, they're playing tonight, that could change. And I hope for the kid it does. Uh, but. I mean, I don't know. I would think it's weighing on his mind. You're looking at him. I'm looking at him. Skate around like he's a great player. The second game there, or was it the first game? Or, or, uh, Matthews came. One of those games, he was buzzing, man. And he is. He was first team all-star. I think he's got to remind himself of that. And it's hard to play through it. But uh, that's the tough part. They're facing this regular season that doesn't matter. So even though they might tell themselves they're getting up, you know, it's hard to chase those bounces and stuff. I, I just... Anybody out there that's played any level that there's been pressure on you to score, you know what I'm talking about, right? They're coming in going like, geez, we're great. We, we, we know we're great players, but it doesn't matter what we do. They're not judging us till the playoffs and we got to get there. So it's this, this weird negative cloud and bounces tend to go the other way when you're looking at it that way. I don't give a shit what you say. And I feel for them. They're going through that. They're way better than they're playing, but are they a playoff team? Now I'm starting to question it, but I'm looking at the other teams in that division and they should be, they should be. I don't give a shit what you say. I mean, we're, we're right at the beginning of it. They've got 75, 76 games left. I just don't see holding those guys down. And some of these games and Matthews, at least is getting incredible. The first game Matthews played was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. And they lost and he didn't score. He had like, I don't know, 10 shots on net. It seemed Probably more. But then they also go through these lapses. It's like watching the Kansas City Chiefs current version. At least they won it a couple of years ago in football, right? Like they got Patrick Mahomes. You could, I mean, a lot of people still think he's the best quarterback in the game. Explosive to watch. But if he's not on, right, you're exposing everybody else's inefficiencies. And the D sucks with Kansas City. At least it has so far in football. I'm talking and it's kind of like Toronto, like defensively, they're an absolute dumpster fire. But I don't think it's going to stay like that. Right. And the bounces aren't going their way. God, I felt Rasmus Sandin when he was chasing down the big kid on Carolina. Um, it's actually a great goal, but it's kind of going like that. They're not getting any bounces and some of them are trying as hard as they can. What's going to happen? I don't know what will happen. You got to go with them, right? Whatever it is, it's tough. Dubas, way too analytical. I think that's a problem. Would I have 
the exact same lineup? No, I, I don't know that I would get rid of any of the big. <clears throat> okay, wait, maybe I would. Okay, I'm going back a couple of years. I think one of the main problems is how they're de they dealt with those contracts, even just a little bit less. And I think if Mariner could rethink it, for example, maybe, maybe all of them. Maybe they'd rethink it a little bit and maybe they wouldn't, but whatever the Leafs did, like, you know, <clears throat> remember it's Mariners only, only missed like a week at camp. It's not like he missed games, but he was just pushing for that extra few hundred thousand. And, you know, he's going to get another huge contract in a few years anyway. I, I don't know. Again, I, do I hold it against him? Nope. But I think it was the wrong call. And, and right from that point, when everybody knew that like $40 million is tied up in four guys. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's tough. And, uh, but do, do I write them off? No, I think they can write this ship. I think tonight, by the time this comes out, it will be in the past, but tonight they're playing Chicago. I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 27th. They're playing Chicago tonight. I don't know what's going to happen, but if they don't beat the Blackhawks who are, the worst team in the league right now, even worse than Toronto. Missing a couple of their top guys. I think then it is panic button, but I think they're going to win tonight. They need to not only win tonight, though, they need to win with confidence, put on a show, and at least give themselves some breathing room. I think they can do that, and I hope they do. Same with the Habs, man. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch these teams that are, so historical and have such a huge fan base go through this. So many people at the same time, usually one's doing shit and the other teams, you know, lighten it up. And I'm only talking about two teams now. The other Canadian teams, I think Ottawa are exactly where you thought. Calgary are looking good to me. I don't know if that'll stick. I didn't know what to think, but they're, say what you want, and they're bringing some oomph. Calgary, at least the games I've seen, if Toronto had a little bit of that tenacity, a little bit more, it's not like they're not tenacious, right? And I, like it. I mean, Simmons put it up the other night. Richie, I can go on. There's not everybody's scared or anything like that. I just don't think they, their, their team DNA isn't like, let's go in and put it up, where sometimes it got to be. Now, it's hard for me to compare any Leaf success, but of, of my lifetime, okay, the early 2000s would probably be, by default, their most successful years. That huge series against Ottawa, they had us on the end of our seats, right? But they had guys... <clears throat> Hold on, I wrote myself a note earlier. Right? They had say, guys like Gary Roberts, Shane Corson, Ty Domi, Darcy Tucker... Right. Owen Nolan was there. Remember that Brian McCabe, people laugh. McCabe sucked. I don't think he did maybe too much responsibility, but he would stick you too. And he'd fight the odd time. He always had over a hundred penalty minutes. McCabe, you know, Belak was there and Wade Belak wasn't just out there fighting. Like he played on the fourth line, knocked some bodies around scary guy to play against. Even like a guy like Joe Neuendijk, not physical at all, really, but he wouldn't be run out of the building. Right. Tom Fitzgerald, a, a guy you wouldn't even think about, just a role player. But again, tenacious. At least 
in my, I know he played like a thousand games. I only, he was one of those guys I played against him and he was at like game 800. I didn't realize it, but I remember watching him out there and going like, you know, who is this guy? But at least he worked hard both ends of the ice. And Clark Wilm, guys like that. If they had Clark Wilm now, um, played more with Calgary, but just a guy that goes out and finishes hits. But I think they're underachieving. I think they'll get better. We, but, you know, again, there's a long way around it. What do I think of it? I think that series against Montreal was the biggest dagger. I think it was bigger than Boston. But when they had, remember that they blew the three, one series lead to Boston. Um, or they were up four to one in the third and blew it. I mean, they've, they've blown it epically a few times, but I think that Montreal series was the biggest dagger. Do I think they'll come out of it? hundred percent. I really do. And, uh, wish them luck again. My buddy, Dave Roper is one of their equipment managers. So if they win, he wins. And therefore I win at least emotionally. I mentioned um, my new book a bit earlier, or, you know, it's a year old now, Fights, Film, and Folklore. Look, if anybody wants that, it's going to be much more inexpensive. I hate using the word cheap because it means so many different things other than inexpensive. But um, yeah, if you, if you want a book, go to flankerpress.com. And if you add a note, if you add a note, and if you want to send it directly to eoldford at flankerpress.com, I'll personalize it for you. Because I'm getting these orders and I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of daily work um, here and there on the film sets and I leave soon. I don't have enough time to personalize all these myself and send them out. But worked out an agreement with the book company, Flanker Press, good people that they are. And it's going to actually be cheaper during the holidays. If you want to order it through them, I'll go up, personalize it. If you send a note, because I'm there a couple times a week anyway, it's just up the road from my house and I'll send it out to you. So book orders, remember, go to flankerpress.com, search for it there, buy my book, write a note. If there's, if you can't find that space to write the note, eoldford at flankerpress.com. I just ordered Terry's book. I'm so-and-so. Can you have him personalize it to so-and-so done and you get it probably a little bit faster and about 10 bucks cheaper during this holiday season than if I sent it out to you. So there you go. There's my little plug. And my guest actually Ken Reed has some incredible books, uh, not just an anchor on Sportsnet. I mean, a lot of you probably know him more through his authorship you want to call it that uh, from one night only one game only um, he's this is off the top of my head now I love Ken I read all his books hockey card stories one and two he's got uh, books written on Dennis Marouk and Eddie Shack. anyway the, this guy's a fantastic writer and um, these are perfect uh, Christmas gifts 20 bucks made up of all stories that are five to 10 minutes, memoirs, stories, whatever it might be. Sounds like I'm talking about myself. Talk about Ken Reed's book still. Uh, hockey card stories. He grew up, you know, these stories about hockey cards. He was a huge collector. And the, the, the people behind the cards, not just the people in them either. 
Um, and then, you know, some unreal stories. One Night Only is about players who played one game in the NHL and just fantastic. Some uh, really interesting stories. Anyway, I love Killer. I'm going to answer some more questions after, after I interview him, um, at least one or two, because I appreciate all the feedback. And I see that more and more downloads every week. So thank you. And thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. Never mentioned that enough. DraftKings are unreal. And they've been great sponsors. And I started to use it. And I love it. I love the app. I love DraftKings. Anyway, without further ado, here he comes. Ken Reed. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's just that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ladies and gents, my next guest is one of Canada's best-known sports personalities and can be seen and heard weeknights on Sportsnet Central alongside the beautiful Ivanka Osmak. This Atlantic Canadian treasure with the gift for gab also uses the power of the pen and is a best-selling author producing pleasant page turners like One Night Only, The Hockey Card Stories Collection, and Eddie Shack, Hockey's Most Entertaining Stories. Never one to shy away from telling his own tales over a beer. I've been fortunate enough to chat music, hockey, and just about everything with this recurring guest as far back as the mid-2000s when I tuned in to hear the Bob Stoffer show as I drove around northern Alberta working for the man. He is brilliant, a brilliant buddy, an amazing author, a cool cat, a radical writer, an adventurous anchor, a gnarly Nova Scotian. He's a good-looking man and is the ultimate fan. His slap shot is money, and his brother is funny. I used to own a Jeep, and he gets pucks in deep. He drinks the odd Smithics and is annoyed by analytics. I love his antics, and he grew up in Atlantic. Don't bite the hand that feedia. He's royal sports media. I love good music, but dislike the band Creed. And ladies and gents, please welcome my buddy, Ken the Killer Reed. Ken, welcome. Thanks, buddy. You are the too short or biggie smalls or classified of hockey anal- uh, of hockey. Uh- what is this podcast? You, are, uh, you can rhyme. I'm impressed. And I, I can't believe you rhyme, rhyme something with analytics. <laughs> That's impressive. Well, I figured I would because I know what it come up. And um, as far as that goes, um, oh, too short. I, I forgot. Yeah, what I, was. I love I, too short. You know, you got me into too short. I saw you with your Instagram story about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, with Osmac there. And you, and you were rapping a little bit along to his, to his tunes. And I knew of yeah. too short. Yeah. You know, now I got everything. I love them. Oh, really? Yeah, That's I went awesome. back. I a lot of that old school rap I missed because yeah, especially like a lot of people kind of would that did during that era. But I, I was out and so mesmerized with the Seattle grunge scene because I was living out there, sure. and anything 
like NWA was huge. Anything big like that I was into, I was just ignorant to most of it. And then I started as hip hop goes, as time went on, I'd go back and and I became aware of Grandmaster Flash. And then so I'm my deep dive is happening as I get older, but I love too short. He's one of my favorites. Uh, I'll give you another one. I'm a big blues guy. um, And I just got into him. Actually, I, uh, not that I want to talk about my books all the time, but when I write, I put them on. It's Albert Collins. You ever listen to Albert Collins? No. Just a brilliant blues guy. Master of the Telecaster. If you saw the, the, the way everyone knows Albert Collins is if you've ever seen adventures in babysitting, when the kids end up on the blues stage in Chicago, the guy okay. that says you ain't getting that. No one gets out of here without singing the blues. That's Albert Collins. You and your dad would love Albert. But now I, and, I know who Albert Collins is. And dad, and mom, right. And and the way your dad does it, make sure you watch Albert Collins. Don't just yeah. listen to him. Yeah. I'll bring him up on Friday night. Yeah, I just haven't listened, but I, I know who it is. And, uh, and but you, you can't read as many music bios and right. listen to as many albums as we got without coming across that name at some point. Right. And he okay. has a, a great song. that It's good for any guy to get them out of the little trouble. It's called I Ain't Drunk. I'm Just Drinking. So and I'm writing that down, too. And you would like that on a Friday night. I bet he would. Uh, how's everything going? Things are good, man. Just uh, chugging along. Um, you know, hockey's back, which is great. Uh, works good. Kids are playing hockey now. Well, one of them and the, the little guy, my youngest, has getting a nose for uh, the game, which is nice to see. You is know, he getting he pucks in deep? Oh, yeah. He gets pucks in deep big time. All he does is dump it in and run after it in floor hockey. And my oldest is a goalie, believe it or not. Uh, uh, no, so I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I- he just went in this year, so he he made his select team. They call it here in Toronto, and uh, so it has begun. The bills are arriving in the mail as we speak. It has begun. Uh, so the boys love it. Do they collect like you did, like yeah. birds, the, pucks, whatever? The oldest one does. Uh, he, you know, he dabbles in his hockey cards and his baseball cards. The youngest guy's into uh, comic books and or Marvel. He loves Spider Man, so it's cool. They're they're very opposite, but very alike if you know what i mean like they have the same temperament but different interests so it's nice yeah there's the young guy is very artsy very much into music uh is obsessed with austin powers my mother's horrified that i uh let him watch it he he often he always asks me what's horny mean i said it just means you like kissing girls so, <laughs> that's you know. funny sometimes yeah. i do that with penny lane i'll go back yeah, and I'll say, you know, here you probably Ace Ventura is funny. And then I'll watch through and I'm like, oh, wow, there's a little bit of subject matter. I didn't realize, you know, with a lot of these old classics that I consider like, yes. you know, suitable yes. for an 11 year old. But I forget sometimes like what's actually right. made up in the comedy. Well, we got so deep into the pandemic that when it started there for the first five months, we were all locked in the house together. We watched basically every what I would deem suitable children's movie going. And, you know, we made our way through. Yeah. You know, everything and then you know lord of the rings and harry potter and all that and one night i threw on airplane i was like whatever they can watch airplane and when the lady shows up topless in the in the scene of the chaos my then five-year-old thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life He's oh yeah i'm like i don't know if i'm a very good dad but i kept them entertained i tell you there's penny lane's really into music too so at home i've got a a few biopics over there. everything from the buddy holly story patsy klein I knew some of them. I'm like, eh, Patsy Klein and her husband rough her up. Like, I, I don't know if I want to. The, the voice yeah. is great and the songs are great, but I don't know if I want to go there. 
But we watched a couple and uh, scenes, right? YouTube, I can show her a scene from Ray without having to show her the heroin addict part, right? Yes. And then I thought, yes. you know, I don't know why. About a month ago, I thought she was ready for respect because she loves Aretha Franklin. Okay, I haven't seen and, that one. Yeah, it, it was good, but I didn't realize Aretha Franklin. I don't know how. I don't know, and I've haven't read an actual biography on the woman, but read enough and seen enough that I should have known that she was like raped when she was 10 and had a baby. I, I, I had no clue that that happened to Aretha Franklin. Um, and so as we're watching, I'm, I'm trying to explain it. I'm going, no, no, you know, like everybody has this adversity and I'm going, Jesus, I didn't even talk about sex with her yet. I mean, I know she gets what it is and how, you know, sure. she's beyond she's beyond the stork showing up at the doorstep. But, you know, yeah, I still got that story going, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a little much. Listen, speaking of pucks in deep, have you ever yeah. thought I think you should write a book just just because the name just pucks in deep? What what could it be on? Like, I guess third liners uh, get or, or whoever gets the pucks in deep. You, yeah, guys, guys who grind it out. I should trademark the phrase, to be honest. You I'm should. Too I'm too lazy. I don't know I would, how much money. I would but. guess you're too late. So these are going to be random questions. What about Leo Burke? Tell us about oh, Leo Burke. I love Leo Burke. Okay. So I think if you're of our vintage, Terry, which is 40 plus, every kid grew up loving the WWF. But if you're of our vintage, you remember life before the WWF. And, I do. And when, when it came on TV. So Leo Burke was the king of the Maritimes in old school Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling. And these were guys that came to the Maritimes every summer and toured. So they would basically toward June, July, and August. And it would air on ATV, which was our CTV affiliate. I want to say every Saturday at two, every Sunday at two. Leo Burke uh, was billed as being from Dorchester, New Brunswick, which immediately made him tough because that's where the big prison was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Leo was probably 240 pounds, just a strong guy, classic old school wrestler. His finishing move was the sleeper hold. And he was the king of the scene. He was the baby face. Now, when he would go out, West, he would be the heel and he would wrestle Bret Hart. And Leo's one of those guys that, you know, came along before wrestling got kind of cartoonish when, when Vince put it over the top. Yeah. Uh, he wrestled his whole life all over the world. Uh, he was offered a job as basically a jobber in, I think, WWF or WCW at one point. He said, no, I'm content to do this. So he's a legend in the Maritimes, uh, well-respected throughout the business, currently lives in Calgary. But he trained guys like Edge. You know, he trained a lot of guys who went on to it. So Leo was the baby face of the Maritimes. And if anyone from, oh, I don't like the best was like it was at the end. It was called not Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling, but World Grand Prix Wrestling. World Grand Prix Wrestling's tour with stops in Cocan, New Brunswick, New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, Berwick, North Sydney. And I'm like, that's not really worldly, but whatever. On it went. So yeah. Leo was Leo was the baby face. And I'm sure he had a good tilt with Sailor White once in a while, Terry. Well, that's why Newfoundlanders were big. So, OK, again, that came on TV. I remember watching it as a kid. There was a show Switchback. Can you remember Switchback? And the man, buddy, with Rufus. It, was it? OK, yeah, I, I, I haven't brought it up since. I was wondering because yes. that would come on and then somehow part of that program was like Batman and I would watch the original bat. And then yep. whether it was the same programming, I think it was the same channel. Like you said, ATV was it that I would yep. watch this wrestling and right. around Sandman here, was Sailor White was a legend like Wayne Gretzky. So I knew yeah. 
all about Sailor White as like a three-year-old. Like it, it was, it was, it was almost the name w- was synonymous with with wrestling. Like you know, you're going to be like Sailor White was like like Hulk Hogan. Like people here, mm-hmm. they were the same status. Well, right? I think that's what people um, from bigger centers don't understand. When we're we're from small places, so when someone makes it on the world stage, we are extremely proud of them, whatever vocation they're at. So you guys have Sailor White that you'd be all proud of. In Pictou County, we're, we bragged that Bubbles is from Pictou County. Um, you know, Johnny Sim made it. Now Dawson Mercer is sniping now for New Jersey. By the way, I love the way he plays. He's got a nose with the net. That kid, doesn't he? So he reminds are- me a lot of Teddy Purcell. They, they shoot the same yes. way. Right handed shot. Yeah. 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 They got that shot. They got that little extra move at the last minute that if you're yes. not playing with the right players, will throw you off. But if you're with right. offensive guys, it's just, kind of, yeah, you, I'm watching him on the ice. I oh. love his creativity. He's he always, not, yeah. Right at the blue paint. I love him. I and love like, it too. That five, three goal. But like, so Steve Stamkos is from Markham, right? So you might run into a guy from Markham and he won't talk about Steve Stamkos because Markham's a big place, right? And, but if where we're from, if somebody makes it, we're so proud of them. So the one thing that people from tr- uh, bigger centers don't understand, and I'm sure you, you, you get too, Terry, they don't understand why we're so proud of where we come from. And I think it's because mm. where, where we're from, you're kind of all in it together. So the town I'm from, we, there was one elementary school. So I was the doctor's kid, right? But I went to school with the, the, the kids who weren't as fortunate growing up with a, a few bit extra change like my dad had right so i went to school with i was probably perceived as the rich kid and i went to school with the kids who were from not as well-off families so i got to know all these different kids and we we're friends with all of them there's fights and bullies and stuff like that my kids here growing up in toronto they are we're in a middle-class neighborhood so they're only going to know middle-class kids and they're mm. part of their center so we, we always talk about diversity and all that stuff. Well, we grew up where you knew kids who couldn't bring a sandwich to school for lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and another kid showing up with, you know, the, the fanciest food you got. Maybe you shared with that kid or something. So I, I just think in it, it makes you proud of where you're from. And when you see somebody that, that's not that had it tough growing up, make it. It's it's special. Now, I don't know what kind of childhood Sailor or White had. I take it he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his belt. No, I didn't. Few wrestlers did, but I mean, I, I grew up with kids who my mom had to buy lunch for them on hockey trips who became very successful in the game and you see them do well. And that's a special thing. Maybe that's why we're proud of where we're from. You know, I don't know. Something. Yeah, like no, it is. It's, it's a, I'll tell you this, man. So a couple of, uh, almost maybe, maybe two weeks ago, it was, it was towards the end of exhibition and we were all wondering, you know, hoping that Dawson and Alex would make it. And um, yeah. Newhook. And uh, anyway, I, I just like I walked into a bar pub that serves food called Kelly's and it's got a little TV up in the corner, but I got no affiliation to it. I like the, the bird dog used to go there. You know, it's one of the bars I, I go to when I'm out. But there was a few people there that I I didn't recognize I me. Mean, maybe they recognize me as a hockey fan. But as soon as I sat down, right, what one of the guys pipes up, he said, Merce got an assist. He's got an assist. Second right. period on the go now. And, and we were going. So. He didn't know. I didn't know them. I'd never met them in my life, but just Merce. We know it. We know that you're going to know when we say Merce, what we're talking about. And we're because it's more, like I said, of a community. And he's from like Bay Roberts, which is, you know, 45 minutes to an hour jaunt. So on TV, I say Bay Roberts, not Carboneer. 
Well, yeah. Carbonair is Carbonair, Harbor Grace, Bay Roberts. It's all no, the same. No, you were probably born in a hospital in Carbonair, but grew up in Bay Roberts. Mm. It's like Pecta County. You're born in New Glasgow, but you're from Pecta. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. His dad was a good hockey player. Craig, real good hockey player on the really? senior circuit. I mean, could, could have played away. I can't remember, but I watched Craig play. He's real, real good hockey player. Danny Cleary's from that area, right? It'll say Riverhead or Harbor Grace, but it's all Harbor Grace, Carbonair, Bay Roberts. Yeah, the, 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 the hospital's in Carbonair. Okay, Bay Roberts, I'm putting it in there. Because that's, yeah, the hospital's that's, in It's just right, it's just a few minutes down the road. It's all, that whole cove is the oldest area. So Cupid's, where John Guy landed in 1602, I think. Wow. If it, I might be off by a year or two. Was the first year-round European settled community. So wow. we it goes back there and then shortly at the, and that's the very English. We, we got English Irish roots and the other side, Southern Shore, where Andy Sullivan's from, really not that far, but, uh, you know, the, the other coast, the Southern Coast, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Andy, yeah, Andy Sullivan, Ryan Close from down there. That's very Irish. So both those areas, right, because people would land here first. We're the closest to North, or Europe, yeah. so naturally. So that area is very old. So Cleary, that name goes back hundreds of years in that area, right? And Mercer, like a lot of them are the same families because for the longest time, you didn't go to Alberta to work on the rigs. That's you right. figured out the fishing here and, you know, you, you for generations went by and, and that's what we did anyway. I'm getting into a history lesson, but that's the. I area. love that this podcast is basically just people eavesdropping on us having a chat. I love that. That's what it should be. I love. It. I know. It's and like you know. It's like I, my hometown. The phone book. Uh, it, it's uh, when you look up picked on the phone book. It's a. There's a few names B, C, D, D, and you get to M, and it's like five pages. Mac, 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 yes. Mac, 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 Mac. You know, so it Same is sort of thing. Um, biggest names over here: uh, Smith, White, and Ryan. Okay. Okay. We're everyone in Pecto is related to McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. It's funny. We have a lot of those over here and Fitz's and Fitzpatrick and Fitzgerald. And if you ask all of them, a lot of them came from one of the other maritime promises first, but they landed here. So we do have quite a few because we do jump back and forth, but not as many as, you know, like I said, the Cleary name goes back that long. Um, But the other thing is without jumping on, People, it's not as that the word isn't transient, but the, the more of these towns are, are, are a little bit static. People, people stick around. The, the further you go out west, for good reason, mm-hmm. if I'm in Toronto, I can drive to Pittsburgh in what, an hour and a half or two hours? Or Four, there's so I'm many right people. Okay, okay, there you go. So, so Buffalo's an hour and a half. You know, New York. All the like, there's a lot of people in that area. So you really, you know, what drives people to ever move? It's so usually the work. Bands hate touring Canada. Like, in, if you're a band and you're touring in the states, you got an hour drive between gigs here. You got, geez, a day. Okay, yeah. we just played Ottawa. Now we got to drive to Toronto. Well, we finished Toronto. Now we got to go to maybe exactly. London and then Thunder Bay and then Winnipeg. That's a, that's a haul. Like my, you know, enough tough guys in music. My buddies used to play in a band. Um, you know, they were signed to a label. They had relative success in Canada. They used to stay in uh, in a tent. <laughs> you know, there's no money and they're driving from town to town. They show up. There might be seven people at their gig. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, people that say, oh, I toured Canada. I'm like, wow, that that's 
big. There's got There's a lot to unpack. If you toured Canada, you have a level of success already. Just that you can sell tickets in a, such a broad geographical area. You, you know, say I toured Germany, big place, um, yeah. population wise, uh, not quite as hard to get across. Um, whatever happens behind the desk, do you ever get behind the desk and like immediately, like you you got to go take a whiz? But oh yeah, um, you just wait for commercial break. Um, I drink a ton of water at work, right? Uh, so. oh, I ask. You always got something in your hand when you're, you know, you're always drinking a water or a coffee. I would think I that happened. A, I always got a water. I don't drink too. I mean, I'll have a coffee at work at night. But um, yeah, um, if it's an emergency. You just say, Ivanka, can you read the next couple items at a break? And you, you run down. Like we're, It's a nice to have a co-anchor. Put it <laughs> um, you've got one person. Your life is on the line. Mm-hmm. And... You've got to pick one player in the history of the National Hockey League, or it doesn't have to be the National Hockey League, to take a penalty shot. It could be any league, but you got one person. Now, your life and the survival of your family from here on in depends on this one penalty shot. It's a major league shot. I don't know why, but hypothetically, aliens have come and given you an opportunity. Well, if it's a penalty shot, Mario an ultimatum, sorry. Not an, yeah, it's a penalty Mario shot. It's Mario Lemieux, just because he's so magical. If it's a one-timer, it's Mike Bossy. But if it's a penalty shot, it's Mario Lemieux. It's Lemieux. I wonder, like, I wonder, a lot of people, again, I don't want to get into the whole argument because, you know, they say the goalies were different. I, I get all that. Yeah. I do. But, like, I wonder you get if... It, the- though. It's co- compared to your peers. You compare players compared to their peers. That is how you evaluate players. Yes, that's what I think. It, relative dominance. So... For 16 or 17 years, whatever it was, Lemieux or Gretzky won the fate, won the scoring every year. Now, McDavid does look that dynamic to me. I'm, I, I can't believe, but that's, yeah. but I'm, I'm saying to people, if he's that good, why don't you believe me about Gretzky being that good? I'm like, I get it that the goalies, but now let's bring up no red line. Let's bring up, what if Wayne Gretzky and Marilyn Lemieux played three on three in overtime? And you know, they would be on the whole overtime. There were, there were, what? Lord, but what would happen? It- it's real. I love that. I don't know if you invented that term or what, but it's relative dominance. And so that's when I say, well, geez, the rocket came along and had those mm. 50 goal seasons. Bobby Orr came along and everyone says, yeah, what Bobby played in the expansion era. I'm like, and so did every other player in the league, but he was just still so far above them. Wayne comes along and they go, oh, well, the goaltending wasn't as good. Well, that's as good as it skis aren't as golf clubs aren't as good as they were back then. Everything advances. Try going to the front of the cage back then. Thank you. Garth Butcher, man. He didn't have a good game unless his Easton was curved over a guy's back. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. So I, I love that term relative dominance. Um, McDavid's probably going to win the scoring title by a lot. I'd say 30, put it, put over under him winning the scoring title by 30 or more points. This year. I know. I know. He's crazy to watch. <laughs> So that to me is, is relative dominance. Yes. Uh, so that's, yeah. But, but for a penalty shot, the trust factor, like I have to know this guy's smooth. He can finish when he's alone. He's just going to be be- like, it's going to be perfect. Uh, I got to go Mario. I asked senior and with one bite of an apple on his, uh, as he was uh, going down the stairs. Can I guess who senior said, can I guess who he said? Yes. Gilbert Perot. No, no, that's a great guess. That's a great guess. But he said, he said what you said. He goes, Marilyn Mew, bite. Goes, never seen him miss a big shot. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, like breakaway, the goalie has the advantage. Yeah. But 
And I know we're, we're seeing all these highlights, but come on, Lemieux was money. And he was trying to put it right under the bar. I don't even remember him missing the net, going over the net. He was putting no, it there every it, time. And it was so soft. It was effortless. So everyone, you know, that, that goal in the 87 Canada Cup, it was so beautiful. But that was Mario's go-to move on the break. It was just high glove. And there's nothing to tend he could do about it because, you know, the puck has eyes of its own, right? And his reach is so huge. When that puck's out there, that's three, four feet away from him. His body is basically lined up with the far post. Oh, and yeah. That puck has eyes, and man, it was beautiful. Beautiful. And that's, I often, even to those naysayers, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, I, I just go like, if nothing else, it wasn't their fault. It was born then. They were born then. And what you're saying then to me is that Wayne Gretzky, and Matt, like, how good could they have been? Like, it wasn't their fault they didn't play in this era. But if they did, even Gretzky, they said, well, you know, the goalies are better now, but I would have found my way to navigate around. You know, I, I think we're starting to forget how good, not you and I, but a lot of people are starting to forget how Wendell good. Clark. Wendell oh. Clark. Oh. I, do of, I do a lot of events with Wendell, and he'll always say that's one of the foolish, most foolish questions is, would he have been good in this era? He's like, of course. If you're good in that era, you're going to be good in this era. Sure. Like, me, just, the, the, when people say this era, you know, it, yeah. it kind of, I'm going back, Say they started to say that stuff in the early 2000s. Lemieux was still doing it. He was older, missing these games, but he was still, he'd come back and like, oh, two points a game again. It was he, crazy. He was still Mario doing it. And Mario in this era, he used to dangle around guys with two other fellows hanging on his back and Leo Burke giving him the sleeper hole. Like he couldn't get a free piece of ice. You imagine? Can you just imagine. Went like this penalty. Oh. The game going oh. into overtime. And having Mario, you, you, A, you wouldn't take him off. No. And then it just eventually, how many more points? That's what, it, now, I'm not saying that like those guys deserved to get more. But what I'm saying is that they landed there. Like people say, oh, Gretzky, people sucked. He had over 200 points. Well, I'm going, yeah, I know that. But again, it was Wayne Gretzky. Nobody else did it. Nobody else did it. You came close, 199. They were, you know, I say 1A and 1B. Who are these people you run into that say this? No one comes I read, I fucking read Twitter when people put this out. Oh, well, there's your problem. I know. All of the internet, as Brent Musburger said. Don't read Twitter. Twitter, people need, society needs to realize Twitter is not the pulse of humanity. It isn't. Twitter is not the be-all, end-all. Twitter is a small world, and every... Well, everyone can have their say. It doesn't mean everyone is correct. You're right. I, and I actually, I, I made a point. I almost feel bad. My Twitter feed lately is just self-promotion because I just, I'm, I'm sick. Uh, of, hey, mute button is your friend. Yeah, exactly. I just don't read the replies or anything. Not that, not that people I think are out to get me. I just okay. mean most things, like most things, you're going to see the cynical, pessimistic yes. side of it. If now, you, could you imagine, Terry, the, the real life equivalent of Twitter would be if you went for a walk down on George Street and everyone you passed gave you their opinion. <laughs> you imagine? Hey, Terry, uh, yeah. uh, well, well, how come the growlers aren't playing? The growlers suck. Oh, the leaves suck. Oh, Mary, you'd be going like this. You'd be walking down the street. Go, can everyone shut up? And you'd quiet them. So what the world needs to do is just put their earmuffs onto Twitter. It's more of a platform for the uninformed, unfortunately. So oh. what I end up doing is just following the media I get, you know, and there is, there is a use for it. But as far as like people's opinions, even friends, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm no, I'll of- follow my buddies and, and I use it as a newswire for work. That's yeah, me, t- me too. Uh, tell us about the Pee Wee Sea Mariners. 
Oh, Pee Wee C. Yeah, Mayor Pax. Yeah, Maritime Packers. So the Mariners were the the Junior C Mariners. Is that who you want to know about? No, I want to know about your Pee Wee C team. Oh, my Pee Wee C team. Yeah, it was a big deal. I would have been in grade eight. And we played on Friday nights at the Hector Arena right before Friday night skating, which means that we got a crowd, buddy, because every Uh kid in Hector went to Friday night skating. So we'd play at eight o'clock. And then if you were really cool, you'd just go in and take your gear off and go out and skate in your gear and your uniform. That was uh-huh. pretty cool. Apparently we were immune to the fact that we probably stunk and people didn't like that. But we thought that was cool. And you'd get a good crowd. So playing on the PVC team was awesome. And then Friday night skating, there'd be a couple fights. You know, they <laughs> there was always a break. Please, please leave the surface well. Wally Daly floods and scrapes the ice like they'd announce wally's name Wally was our rink guy they'd announce his name while wally daly floods and scrapes the ice so the kids would all go in one penalty bench on one side another bench on the other some kids go in the penalty box you have snowball fights going across wally daly's head across the ice oh yeah wally take the odd one off the noggin but (laughs) yeah that was that's those are my pwc memories and it's funny you know my kid just started playing minor hockey we had a little pizza party for them and some of the parents have said this is the stuff they'll remember so I couldn't tell you how many goals I sniped in PWC, probably a few, you know, I got a nose for that, Terry, but <laughs> I can remember just going to Friday night skating after the PWC and, and the big deal was there was going to be fans in the stands for the PWC game. That's kind of what I remember of PWC. Yeah. I love those days. That so, was the first. Yeah. So I'm at that age. And then the next year I'm Bantam D while you're the same age playing junior A in British Columbia. But of the same mental um, maturity, so insane. it was crazy. That is insane when I think of that. that you skip, were doing skip over all the coming-of-age things and just lay it all on me at once. <laughs> everybody wild. in the rink, everybody in the rink screwed, you know, or, or on my team, like some guys smoked dope or drank, or, or at least they'd already been introduced to it like four or five years before. We had guys yeah. 21. It was, you know, so it was crazy. I was, I was coached by guys who were your team, same age as your teammates, right? Yeah, like it was just looking just back, wild. I had to land with the right group. Like Jesus, I'm so, they, they were good about it because rough around the edges, Northern BC, again, very much Atlantic Canadian. And yeah. I remember the boys going like legitimately Chris Spencer going, well, we can't paint you as a nerd. Cause I skipped a grade. Right. So I was already, and I had zits all over my face, the Newfoundland accent, I was yeah. in, class, in grade nine, like guys were out of high school and he's like, you're, you're just so far behind. So we can't have you nerve. You need to come to the party, but you can't have any more than three beers. So to a lot of people go, oh, he's drinking at a party, he's 14. But the guys in their twisted way took care of me, right? Yeah. No dope. And you can have a few beers, just be there, introduce you around. You can't be a nerd, right? Got Those me some new clothes. Those are good teammates. Well, hey, I was in. I was in Bantam D. So when you were you were playing junior A your first year, the equivalent of me was in Bantam D. And I was in Disney World with my parents for a break wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. So and then I came back, scored. I remember my first came back from Disney World in Bantam D. I scored two goals. Then I got checked from behind hard by a guy on Westville. I was out, kept playing. Uh, went in the room, started bragging about my hat trick. And they're like, you only got two goals. I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> They took me to the hospital. I had to do the the whole thing. And of course, you know, I'm back playing the next night, but whatever. Hashtag and my dad's a doctor, so whatever. Pucks in deep. You need yeah, to get that puck deep. in deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so when we're in the future. Yeah. A- anytime. Let, let's say we're 20 years into the future. 
Okay, you and I are, you know, we're starting to, I won't say the golden years. We're in our mid sixties, still pretty good looking good. You know, we're still even skating. We got it on the go. Medical progress has come a long way. We're happening 64, 65 year olds. However, we're looking back and we're saying, wow, can you imagine that they used to allow this in hockey or whatever? It doesn't have to be fighting to be, you know, now it would seem odd not to have the mesh around there and have the 90 mile an hour shot going up and hitting someone in the face would be what, but we did that for years and no one questioned it. What do you see, you know, being, wow, I can't believe that that was the case, whether it's one piece sticks or goalie gear. What, what, what do you think is going to be? Wow. I'm going to sit around and I'm going to go, I can't believe they used to have that stupid instigator rule and then give you an extra 10 for having it tilt. What a bunch of morons. Although that would never happen, but that's my fantasy. Um, I would probably sit around what I'd what I'd like to think is, wow, I can't believe they used to let goalies wear that giant bubble gear and they thought they actually cut down on it in around 2020 and they thought it was small. I'd yeah. love for them to make goalies smaller. That's what I'd love. And when I say smaller, not physically, just the gear they put on them. Like I was I was saying my kid's a goalie. He's like, Daddy, they all think I'm huge. And then I take my gear off. I go, because your gear's too big, son. Like my son got hit the other day inside his knee and he went down in pain. And I was just like, suck it up. You know, I'm like, you chose to be the goalie. So yeah, I, I, there's nothing that would really shock me, but I would say, I hope that I can't believe they used to let the goalies play with that giant gear. That's what I would hope. Um, Yeah. I I think that might be a thing too, because I think we might get, it's always a juggernaut. They need more scoring. They need more scoring. And I'm thinking about it lately. I, I don't know what those stats are, but Seems that people are scoring a lot. Maybe I'm wrong. They'll, they'll say I can't believe they used to let players play without base shields because I think they'll be wearing base shields. Ah, now that good point. I, I, I would I I, be wearing one TR. I thought about it, but even when I played, but it was so different. Like I remember thinking, like I'm a decent passer. Like whatever got me here, passing's part of it. And the peripheral is gone when you put those on. Now, everybody, Junior, yeah. I could, I could, I could accept it because I'm like everybody's wearing it. Then we're all in the same position. But I remember trying one a couple of of, of uh, practices and then looking over it and seeing guys. I don't know Shane Corson for lack of a better memory. Um, you know, make these passes, and I'm like, geez, like I don't really see. It's only a fraction. But I remember yeah. going, okay, I'm getting paid millions of dollars, or I would have been if I kept going. And <laughs> I, you know, it was taxed. I'm, you didn't know that though. No, I didn't know much of that. Yeah, story for another time. But I remember thinking it's worth it to me. I, I don't. What are the odds? You know, the odds are if you look at every hockey player in every league who lost their eye, it's worth it to me to roll that for a chance to be out here playing better. Not to mention, it feels way better. The wind that you're like that was. I remember the first thing I noticed playing in the yeah. NHL. Wow, like wow, no visor. This is unreal. It was that kind yeah. of feeling. Well, at my level, I wear a mask sometimes, and I should be because at the NHL level, at least 30 years ago, nobody brought their, well, guys brought their stick up, but I find when I'm playing at the rec level, it's the trust factor. And the guys I'm playing against, I don't know if they just started playing this year, if they've played since they were eight, but I was out on the ice with um, some guys playing shinny a couple years ago, just at an outdoor rink, and some of them had just started playing, and it was, it was scary. Like yeah. their sticks are flying. I'm like, oh, I'm, and I just went and sat on the bench. I'm like, I don't need to be part of this. Like their sticks are flying all over yeah. the place. So I should wear a mask. Sometimes I do. Usually I don't, but I should. We got to wear one in senior. And I honestly. You have to wear a full cage? 
No, no, we have a half Pfizer, but yeah. in, I don't wear one in rec hockey and I get hit more in rec hockey up that way because of that. I find it. Yeah. When, when you're out there with some guys that are unsure of themselves. Yeah. That when they lose their balance, their stick comes up. It's, it's a defense mechanism. They start yes, going down yeah, and they took like that. It's yeah. Like that. Right. Happened. And if they got two hands on the stick, it yeah. comes up in like a spearhead motion and you, and it, yes. and it happens a lot, right? You, it does. In the course of a game, if you, I find it happens a lot, like trying to go around a guy on the wall. It's not just this one in a million thing. And no. if you start to beat them, they try to get, and then they back up there and then they fall and oh, yeah. pitchfork. It's scary. Man. It's, scary. Yeah. It, it's funny in, in junior A here, uh, we got to, I, I go to some Wellington Dukes games every once in a while, I'll go to their exhibition games at the start of, of uh, the season or, we got a place a couple hours outside of town, brag. But anyway, junior A here, they wear full face shields now. And yeah. when you're in the stands, it doesn't feel like you're at a junior A game. I'm like, this is this is weird. Yeah. But in NCAA, they've been wearing full cage for years. So that I, I'd say in 20 years, they'll probably be wearing full cages. And as far, and this is what I thought about. You, you don't even have to comment, but we've talked about fighting in hockey. And, you know, we, you know long enough, it, it's kind of a dead horse argument. But one thing I'll find that added to my knowledge and opinion on it is that can I, I really don't think whether, whether we like it or not, I, I don't think it ever will be gone. And I'll tell you the, the, the latest reason I had somebody on, I can't remember. It was, it was like two months ago and they played pro roller hockey. Yeah. Right. And I remember talking to Darren Langdon about this, Darren Colburn, Mark Wolf. I got a lot of friends that really hey, excelled. Colburn was pretty good, wasn't he? Great player. He had won a world championship, like was a paid, a hired gun. Great example. Like, Ice hockey could always score. There were other uh, parts of his game that weren't, I guess, AHL, NHL level, although Probably I would make that argument. Slow. But he could, yeah, four on four, no hitting. He could always snipe. So he's one of the best in the world, one of the best ever, Colburn. But can Colburn I will tell you. Drop, can I just quickly drop TR? Yeah. Picto Roller Hockey League, summer of 1994, top 10 score, baby. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, and, but everyone was hung to the gills. We played on Sunday mornings. Did any any local females aware of your prowess out oh, there? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it did make it into the Picto Advocate. My brother wrote up the articles. It was pretty funny. I'd love to find those. Because Peter was funny then. <laughs> That's great. My brother did up the article. <laughs> um, but those guys played, and I found it really telling that there was a tough guy. I said, what? Yeah. And yeah. Langer was... Yeah, Langer was like, no, like I got two games suspension if I fought. But he goes, if someone went after, say, Coleman, I can't remember. This was a conversation with Langer over beer in the summer. But then I had someone on and they reiterated it. I, I, and I was like, what? So I said there was still fights. Now, you look at the NBA. If there's going to be a fight, not that I want it in all those other sports. I'm not saying all every sport. But what I'm saying is that it already is a penalty in those other sports. Like I've said in hockey, it isn't really in there. It's a penalty where you can argue the line is penalty. illegal. It's yeah. in the rule book. Right. So those hooking, tripping. Yeah. So if I see that there was even fighting in roller with no hitting and they had each team as a tough guy, knowing that it was two game suspension of 24 and they're still going to have one. I just find it like the other, again, the other sports, you can get a fight in baseball and play the next day, unless there's some rule that you gouge the guy's eye or something right, right. in football. You're going to look stupid. You might break your hand, but you're not getting any more than a game. If you get that, it's just yeah. not a part of it. Yeah. But in hockey, I don't know. And I thought about it. And I'm like, okay, so you can, if you can make it a two game suspension and still have people doing it is exactly what I thought. But I'm like, let's just say 
Connor McDavid gets dirty tonight for yeah. lack of a better. Let's just say a big the biggest star gets dirty. Now, are you you could make it a five game suspension if I'm in the minor leagues and I'm a rough player that probably won't play up. Well, that's that's on its own. I'm going to do it. You can give me 20 games. I'm going to stick up for Connor McDavid and be an Edmonton Oiler even for one little game. So and then do you want that? Do you want people calling? And then it's going to go back into the cycle of goons. So I, I just don't see how I think people just have to live with it. And like you said, take out instigating, let the players police it. And not for opinions that I want to be a bully. I just don't see getting rid of it. If people are going to do it, it, it gets suspended. How is it going to go? Someone's always going to fight. I'm watching Hockey Night in Canada Saturday. My kids are playing mini sticks. Something happened. The kid missed the shot. The other guy grabbed the guy and they fought. My kids, because you're it's, it's a physical sport that involves aggression. Yeah. Somebody's, if a six-year-old and an eight-year-old are instinctively going to go, at some point your animal instincts are going to take over and there's, you're going to punch a guy in the head. Now, it may not look like two guys taking the helmets off and doing their dance, like, you know, but there's going to be fights. Um, man, the league could, if, if you look at the Leafs, my God, they could use a little spunk. If you look at the Habs, they could use a little spunk. It's funny you mentioned, you know, if, if somebody did that to McDavid, they called you up, you'd do something. Well, how many players are wired like you anymore? Yeah. You know, how many guys are wired like that anymore? Here, hold on, Kenny. Senior wants to say hi. Just got hey, here. What's up, buddy? Hey, here. I can't believe that card. You see, you didn't see my reaction. Well, yes, months, months ago. Oh, wow. I couldn't believe it. I was so. Oh, the card you got him. The yeah. WHA. Jeez, yeah. that was about six was, months ago. Was it Friday night when I got it and I was half cocked and I got it? I didn't know what was going. What's this? And I opened it up. I appreciate it anyway. That was a card, a custom made card. A buddy of mine made of senior I on the minister. I really appreciate senior. it, man. We just. Came back, get our groceries. Now I'm going over to get a Rolling Stone, a chapter. So good to see you. That's what he does. He goes to, that's his day. Chapters to get a Rolling Stone and sit there and get a book. See, I love senior because he gets it. I love hanging out in bookstores, man. That's oh, love it. Hey, I go over there. I get the Rolling Stone or, or Vogue or GQ or books, anything. I just love being in a bookstore. Exactly. Hey, so Terry, no surprise. Tell senior my answer to the question. If I had one guy to take a penalty shot in my life, depending on it, who would I have to take it? Tell my oh, answer. You know what? He's oh, here. Okay, wait. I know what reader said. I know what I said. And I have no idea. I said, I think I know what you'll okay. say, but I'm not sure. Your life is on the line. Your life is on the line. Yeah. This person has a penalty shot. Yeah. They have the score. Who would you give it to in the history of the National Hockey League? Lemieux. Okay. Lemieux. Exactly. Lemieux. He'd have the goalie at the net. 10 feet at the net as he put in like that classic NHL member to breakaway. Yes. Who else? The wing, the wing, the wingspan of an Osprey. Boom, boom, boom. Where do you go? Hey, senior, we should get together and sniff each other's farts because we're, we're, we're writing the same music here, buddy. I gave the exact same answer. With we the will. We will. And here's reader. I, I don't know if I told you this, uh, two or three, you know, the old timers came through three, four years ago. Yeah. I afraid he came in here. Yep. And now Al's Al's Ken's good buddy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I afraid he came in. So he's here for about an hour. Came in. We're shooting the shit and all that. And I said to him, okay, Al, best player you ever played against. Looked at me. I said, no, no bullshit. He said, Mario was the best one-on-one. -on -one, but he said, Wayne made everyone on the ice a better player. So 
without saying it, I think, I think he said, would say Gretzky. Yeah. He said he now, made everyone on the ice better. He was being we, very diplomatic. We now, said, uh, we said breakaway, was, but yes. No breakaway. To me, then you can tell senior this to me, that's what makes Sidney Crosby the best player of this generation. Oh, without yes. a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Better. You can call up anybody from Wilkes-Barre, put them on the line with Sid. It happened same as Wayne back in the day. I agree. Call Even, up anybody I, from the Moncton and, Alpines and, and we'll make it happen. The yeah. big argument would be Crosby or Ovechkin, the same generation. For the same reason, I would pick Crosby. Thank you. Same. It would be Crosby without a doubt. Now, Ovechkin, I really didn't like him when he came in because he wasn't a team guy. I think he realized how to play the game later. He wanted to ring. Uh-huh. And reader, I don't know if you know this story. The thing that sold me on Ovechkin, I said, geez, I can't hate him anymore. You hear that story. He was in either New York or say one of the major cities. And he, he was going into the hotel, you know, for a coat on probably 25 grand, whatever. Homeless guy on the street. Yeah. This guy, the guy noticed it. It got reported, took, took off the coat, gave it to the homeless guy. The guy waited, got him in the lobby and went in. He said, Alexander, he said, yeah, I said, so what, why did you do that? And he looked at the guy and he said, I thought he needs it more than me. And that I just, boom, I said that this guy's hurts in the right place. And I think he's just a totally different player than what he was coming up. I think he was selfish and it was me, 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 but anyway, I'm going to go now. I'm going to, I'm holding you up. buddy. buddy. Always a pleasure when you're passing through again. No sweat. Be out there in May. Juice City. Juice City. You got it. I'll I'll be there next. I'm going to the game on the fourth. (laughs) I'm going up. Yeah. You know about this guy, do you? Wait, no, no, Dad. But I can't say it on. Yeah, just say, Dad, give him two minutes on here. No, no. One, he'll tell you what I. You're going to love it. Yeah, he knows. All right. I'm done. Anyway, I have something that I can't announce yet. I'm, I think everybody listening at this point knows. It's, a, it's pretty big. We have to call this podcast eavesdropping on Ken and Terry. <laughs> he just walked in. I love it. And um, I looked at so- and reader, I was the place I was in. Yep. Um, so I'm out of there. I'm in between places. So for this little nugget of time for a month, I'm in with my parents. Hey, so that's by the kitchen here. Yeah, yeah. So if you get this is where the chip well because i'm going to ontario i'm just going to come back and figure it out from there there was a few reasons i needed to get out of where i was okay reader, yeah. I'm gone. Oh, there he is <laughs> see you buddy so this is every day i'm 10 years old yeah it's dead. So funny that like your dad hmm. sees the game the same way i see the game it's the same way you see the game yeah it's obviously a generational thing but it's it's just strange that you know two guys who obviously i didn't know your dad when i grew up i didn't know you when i grew up but we we're raised in some way that we see the game the same. And some people might think it's boring to listen to two people who see the game the same. I think it's, it's fascinating that the two guys who never knew each other. And I, I, I used to have the, I, I don't know if I ever told you this TR. I used to have this dream where I just played briefly for the Montreal Canadians. Mm. And you did like, I, it's so weird i also have a recurring oh dream. oh i see what you mean yeah yeah i also have a recurring yeah like an actual dream mm. i also have a recurring dream this is the one i still have that my father sends me back to high school now because i was such a poor high school student he's like you got to prove yourself i'm like jesus dad i'm a national sportscaster i got my dream job he's like you're going back to picto academy and I, and in the dream i skip out in the final exams as an fu to the old man and i tell my dad <laughs> this, and he, i tell my dad this and he just laughs his ass off so 
the gist is I lose my job, have to beg for my job back. And I wake up from this dream and I'm so angry. But I used to have this dream that I very briefly played for the Montreal Canadiens. And here I am, great friends with a guy who, who very- briefly played for the Montreal Canadiens. And a lot of the same interests, but I'll tell you what, Killer. There's a couple things. First of all, we're around the same age, so we grew up through an era, and, and we're fans. And not only that, you were into, like, hockey cards. I was into hockey videos. My favorite team was the Canadian the Canadians, but I wasn't limited to that. A lot of people, and that's all they want. Like, a lot of people, if they were into the Beatles, say, a lot of people know everything about the Beatles or the Toronto Maple Leafs, but everything else, they, were, they had such tunnel vision, and not in a bad way. That's what being a fan is. Yeah. They had such tunnel vision that that's all they know. But, you know, I was a fan of hockey cards, too. And if you're into hockey cards, then you have to come across all kinds of information that doesn't have to do with your particular team. Like Chris Nyland was definitely my favorite tough guy. But I mean, I knew every all of his opponents um, and I say opponents. He also scored 21 goals. I remember that from the back of a hockey card. When I told that to you, Carbogany Nyland. Yes, Carbogany Nyland. Right now, I love that. But Gretzky was also happening and Mario Lemieux and Steve Eisenman. And, and, you know, those were all intriguing. And Team Canada was a thing. And, you know, remember the Blades of Steel, the Canada's 87 Super Bowl? Yeah, right. So, oh, you're talking about the game. There was it was also called the 87 Canada Cup. The series of tapes for a little while was called Blades of Steel. Did the game fight, fight, fight. 87 Canada Cup was a life changer for me, but I'm the same. So. I grew up a massive Montreal Canadiens fan and there'd be other kids around town who like the Islanders or like the, a lot of kids like the Islanders in my area or who like the Habs. And I always remember kids saying, Oh, I hate Gretzky. Gretzky sucks. And I'd be like, no, you're not watching. Yeah. No, this is. And I remember being 10, 11 years old going, guys, we're so lucky. We're kids. And this guy is like maybe the greatest player ever. And we get to see him. So I would go to like, so when the Habs or when the Oilers would play in the, playoffs back then the games would start late like they weren't catered to, to the eastern times on the way yeah. they are now sometimes so the orders might start at say 10 o'clock in in halifax or 11 o'clock or in, in 11 o'clock in nova scotia my dad would say oh, all right kenny you can go to bed at six and wake up at 11 and watch the oilers game because you got to get your sleep and i'd say yes so i'd go to bed at six wake up at 11 uh. I didn't fucking sleep. I was too excited. I was in my bedroom from six to 11 waiting to see Gretzky, right? Yeah. Looking at my cards. I'd come down at 11. So when all my buddies were asleep, I was up till two in the morning watching the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And now God bless my dad for that. Because as a parent, yeah. there's more to do. I think you got it. Like, so, so I got these great memories of, of like the Oilers playing where probably a lot of other kids were in bed. So I, there's all these things I remember and it's just, I remember going, no, I'm, I'm a fan of the, I love the Canadians as a kid, but I'm a fan of the game. And I think that's the same now. Yeah. It's definitely the same for me. Here's two people. Like I said, I, I, everything I had was Montreal Canadians, but it was possible that back then in that world, there was way more people that were, that had a team, but their favorite player was on another team. And like my favorite player was, was Wayne Gretzky. Come on. I love the Habs. It was hard, it was hard not to say, but tell me how many people now are like, huge Leafs fans and their favorite player is Alexander Barkov. Right? Yeah, I say, I say if you're a kid, it's possible as an yeah. adult. I don't think it is, but as a yeah. kid, it was like, how can I not like Gretzky? mother of God? Yeah. Like and, it's just, you have to be, it's, it's like being a kid now and 
you like the Leafs, but you don't like McDavid. Like, how can you be that? <laughs> I, say, like, I don't understand that. Like, but the other thing like, is about now, and this goes across every genre, I think almost every facet of society in some way has to deal with this that I find fascinating. We knew all that stuff back then. Like, let's not even hockey, but acting even. Let's just say if you told me Frank Sinatra, I mean, he was way older, like, but I knew who he was. If you told me yeah. Clark Gable, I knew he was an actor. I didn't know anything, but I knew he was an actor. Charlie Chaplin, they go back to the 20s. I knew Babe Ruth. I knew. Yet now we're access I to can. way more knowledge. Right now, we all these kids, all these people have access to more knowledge than ever. Mm-hmm. But. They don't. They know more about their Instagram feed and themselves and how they want to promote themselves. And they, but they don't, you know, even and it's not I'm not saying people are or the new generation is, you know, ignorant or assholes or it's whatever you choose. But I find it funny. Again, I'm still playing senior hockey. I'm out there. I mean, I don't know how much I'll actually play this year, but I was in the room the other night. Boys are going through camp, you know, having a bit of fun playing some tunes. And, you know, there's guys on there in their early 20s. And a lot of them, if I say Bruce Springsteen, Again, whatever you teach. To, but I find it funny. I'm like, you don't know the boss like born to run. How do you not? How did I know it was old for me? That came out the year before I was born. So it's not like, you know, it, it's not like I'm coming this at this from an angle that in my day, because he was the old answer. even then. I have the answer. And the what answer is, is this. There's too much information. Back then, there were two TV channels or maybe 12 if you were lucky. So each kid kind of watched the same stuff. So if a Sinatra movie was on on a Sunday afternoon, maybe you watched it. Um, everybody knew, like I grew up, I, I was from, born in the 70s, but I knew, who, you know, the Rolling Stones were and the Beatles were because it was around. Now there's just too many options. And you can, as you said, just become deep into your own world where you just look at your own Instagram feed and your news is catered to what you like by these yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible social media companies like Facebook yeah. who just cater to you, put poison in your mind. Don't broaden your horizons. We have more information today than ever. I don't know how much of it is good. There's, there's always been libraries. You can always go to the library, check out a book, but um, people are just into these own catered little worlds, which is a, I don't think it's such a great thing anymore. So I think that's, that's your answer. Um, it used to be, you'd go to, school on Monday and everybody would talk about the Sunday night movie that was on NBC. Well, now the kid can go home and he can watch any of a billion movies on, on Netflix or whatever. And that's a good thing. Not necessarily a bad thing, but we're not all just subjected to the same information the way we used to be. I think that's, that's where all that comes from. That's really well said, well thought out. I mean it. I've been fascinated my whole life for my whole life. I've been fascinated with the, the last few years with the way this is all playing out just a commentary yeah. on society but yeah that's yeah. that's as great of an answer as anything i just we're, we're access to more information than ever yet there's there's rates are highest of all time of, of in the last hundred years of people believing the earth is flat what Crazy. how do we have access to everything and all of a sudden people are questioning the moon landing what what is happening okay, so, so it used to be every town had a moron in it right an idiot so these guys were usually, oh, God, that's the guy that thinks the air is flat. Oh, okay, well, go ahead, bud. So then the Internet comes out, and every moron who thinks the Earth's flat realizes there's a, Jesus, there's a town over there two miles down the road who's a guy who thinks the Earth's flat. Well, there's a lot of towns in the world. So all 100,000 of these people get on the same group chat on the Internet thinks the Earth's flat. So then they have validation because there's 100,000 people like that. <laughs> yeah. Information spreads. Not necessarily true. You know, phone tag when you're a kid. 
uh, right? You, you, the teacher tells the first kid and something, they tell the desk behind them. By the time it gets to the 30th kid, it's different than what she told the first kid. Well, welcome to the world of 2021. Thanks to social media and the internet, the worst plague on humanity in a long, long time. Absolutely. Fantastic answer. We're going to move on to rapid fire randoms. Do you have another Love 10 it. minutes in you? Oh yeah. I got all the time in the world for you, buddy. I got to get a haircut okay. at two fifteen. <laughs> oh, to you. Let me see. Let me see your head. Bedhead. No, this is, I'm kidding. I had it nice and long like you for a while, but I got it down to the wood now. You did have it nice and long. It was a nice change. It was. But back to the regular world, you, Elliot Friedman, and everybody uh, in your, (laughs) Elliot had a, (laughs) he had a ragtop going. I mean, I've been accused of Elliot, and I've I've been accused of looking like Elliot. I think it's because he's got the big bushy sideburns now. It could be. You you have similar features. Yeah, we're both Um, strikingly handsome. I wouldn't go that far, but you're on the better side of average. Uh, Okay, rapid fire randoms. Here we go. Death row meal. What would it be? Lobster and a bottle of schooner. Okay, you can resurrect one full line of hockey players, so they have to be dead. So you can resurrect one full line, four other players, yourself, four other players, and a goalie to play, let's say, against, you know, you need to get a win, and you're playing uh, the Marlies. They're all deceased? Yeah, you, you, they have to be deceased. Okay, it's me, the Rocket, and Gordy up front. Okay. Terry Sawchuck and Nett. On the point, I'll go with Doug Harvey. And just to throw a little loop in there, Brian Fogarty. Wow. Yeah. You knew the answer. What, and there you go. I'll leave it at that. For those that are interested, go Google Brian Fogarty. Hey, yeah. one sec, reader. One sec. I'll be right there. Okay, sorry about that. Here we go. Uh, you can change one baseball rule. What would it be? Oh, no instant replay. You could change one hockey rule. What would it be? No instant replay. Mm, figured you'd go there. Would you go into space if given the opportunity? I agree, by the way, with the replay. Would I have to pay for it? No, you just get to go on a ride in space. like Just like Shatner just did. Yeah, I'd take it, but it's, you know, like, I wouldn't think, yeah, sure, why not? But I'm, I, I I don't play around, sit around and play space like Bubbles does, but I'd, I'd do it. Okay, so say you got to play in a hockey league now, pretty good uh, league for the rest of the season, yeah. made up of NHLers, alumni, personal, per, hockey personalities, pretty good league, but this league, there's no numbers. You got to go with three letters on your back and you got to pick three. What would those three letters be? TCB, baby. <laughs> hey, that <laughs> didn't even require any thought. I love it. Would you walk onto the set at work in a diaper and say, I have to go pee pee and stand there for 30 seconds and then leave and come back like nothing happened for three payments of $75,000 and free access to the Terry Sock- Sawchuck Diaries? No, I guess uh, that 75,000 times three wouldn't get me to retirement. Oh, I need no. contributions. Yeah, I would have to get you there. Nate, okay, you got to change your name. Okay, one of these things you have, you don't have a choice. You got to change it to one of these things. The first option mm-hmm. for, for five years, I can't, I can't, this is a sentence. Let's say for five full years, so it's going to take yeah. you to your late 40s. Yeah. DJ Pottery Paul. Mm-hmm. 
smells like teen spirit. Yeah. Table, just the word table. Yeah. Or Dolly Parton. One of those Dolly has Parton. to be your name. Dolly Parton. <laughs> would you would you be doubt. Dolly Parton for five I would years? Be Dolly Parton, without a doubt. Yeah, over those other ones. Yeah. I don't like DJs. I, I don't I do not understand the DJ thing. No. You're playing songs off a Mac computer and you got a headset on to preview the song. You know what my DJ is? He comes at a much less cost. Spotify. They do the same work. <laughs> they do the same work without the cover charge. <laughs> yes, I know, but then they wouldn't be <laughs> considered yeah. creative. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, shuffle playlist. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. Sympathy for the devil is uh catchy. Um your favorite jersey ever in any sport well off the top of my head i i went right off the top of my head the first thing that came to mind like that i own like Uh, no 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 ever i'm wearing you can see what i'm wearing a suncoast suns my dad used to play there in the Got it off vintagehockey.com. I didn't think I could find it. They were only around for a while. Suncoast Suns. So not that I love this jersey, but it is pretty cool. I think I would pick. I think I honestly would pick my favorite ever. Maybe, not to be biased, but I think I would pick the Minnesota Fighting Saints. It's a great jersey. Off the top of my head, what popped in my head? Yeah. When you said your favorite jersey ever, it's one I own. Uh, Pierre Lambert, number 13, Quebec National, from He Shoots, He Scores, the TV show, which I know you probably grew up watching too, Lance I Camp. I have that jersey, so that's what popped into my head. Best answer I've ever heard for that particular question. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you got to look at, uh, there's good adult, there's good, you know, older scenes for 12-year-old ki- kids or not kids. Oh, there definitely is, but like you said, it was the only thing on TV. Thursday nights. At that particular time. Uh, you have to marry a cartoon character. Okay, who would that be? Jessica Rabbit. Me too. Yeah. Hands down. Um, would you wear pink girls' panties for life? And no, you can't explain to people why. For a brand new vehicle of your choice every two years. Absolutely. I think I would too. Uncomfortable. Would you rather be uncomfortably hot or uncomfortably cold? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I love golfing in the extreme heat. Uh, I'd go with uncomfortably hot. Would you? I would too. Would you wear a pirate eye patch? Well, wear an eye patch, but I mean, you know, a pirate looking eye patch. Like Bobby Bacala in Sopranos there. Just like that. Would you do that for 4200 a month? For the next three generations. So you and your kid, like 4,200 a month, you're living in Toronto. So that doesn't go as far as you would think, but it's guaranteed. No, it's just 4,200 a month. That's, that's the straight up what you're going to get. You can't explain to anybody why they're just going to assume that you want to be a pirate. No, because I, I wouldn't be able to tell this to say why I wouldn't be able to not explain to people. So I'm going to go with no. And it might set you back. You would lose some opportunities, I think. So the 4,200. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with no. Yeah, I think you could make it up in other ways. Yeah. Would you act like you're in love with Jeff Merrick and ask him to marry you for real? You can't tell anybody why. Now, you, a year goes by and you got to act like you're in love with him. You ask him to marry you. And then, like, you come back. You get a billion dollars for this. Now, they're done. Well, you can't explain to people that you got the billion. Just You start showing up to work and, like, you know, a Ferrari and, and shit like that. But I, yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I would do that. Yeah. Explain For, Boomer Phillips. Billion's a good number. Pardon? Okay. Boomer Phillips in one word. Can I use two words? Mm, yes. Human pet. I've always said to my brother, Boomer is like the best dog you've ever had. He <laughs> makes you instantly happy. Boomer, I love people that make me instantly happy when I see them. You, Ally Afraidy, Boomer, I'm just instant happiness. So I always said to my brother, Boomer's like the human pet. He is the most, one of the most inspiring guys I've ever met. He's been a great friend of my brother, Canadian comic Peter Anthony. Boomer, when he wants something, he goes for it. And I so respect that. And he tries and he's passionate. Uh, I, I love that guy. The only thing I can't get him to do is come out for a damn game of golf with me. I heard him on your podcast saying he didn't golf this summer. It's not because I didn't ask him five times and I just quit. But when I like one of the first people I ever met when I moved to Toronto was Boomer. And he had a team going in in Walter Gretzky's road hockey tournament in Brantford. <laughs> he loved the Hamilton Mustangs. So he got us all Hamilton Mustangs gear. I still have the T-shirt, Youngblood, Derek Sutton, and I love Youngblood. And Boomer's whole quest at this tournament was to meet the director, Kevin Smith, because Kevin Smith was going in this yeah. tournament, bringing up a team. And loves hockey. Right, because Boomer's goal as he said on your podcast, wasn't to be a hockey player. It was to be in a hockey movie. So his whole thing was he was going to sabotage Kevin Smith with a camera crew because Kevin Smith apparently had the rights to this film called Somebody Hit Somebody. Boomer wanted to be in it, whether it was as a background or an extra. So sure enough, he tracked down Kevin Smith, asked about camera, and it was pretty charming. And I thought, this kid is awesome. And then when we were in the game, the All-Star game against Kevin Smith, they asked me to, to slow down my shot and my half clapper was a little too hard for them. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, not so the I, ending I, I expected, but uh, nothing surprises me. Yeah, bo- like, so to see Boomer in Goon 2 was just so fascinating to me to see him on Letter Kennedy. Kenny is amazing. I remember my brother telling me, Boomer's going to be on Letter Kenny. What? He goes, yeah, I auditioned. They didn't have a part from him, but he's, He's going to play Boom, a guy called Boomtown. I'm like, what? They go, yeah, he's pretty much playing himself. And the, what I love about Boomer's roles, too, is yeah. he's pretty – it's like you uh, when you I were know. there. It's a and lot that's like- what the genius of Jared is he gets guys who I think aren't stretching it too far, so it comes off as so authentic. Totally, and I'll elaborate on that in a little bit, but even the the little bit I did on Letter Kenny, he was adamant yeah. to do that. He's like, you know, we – we we certain characters are characters, but he was like, you know, this is this is you like yeah. squared. It's, it's you, though. Like, so yeah. just do that. <laughs> and that's what he said. The boomer act, too. Yeah. I don't think you had to method act too long for that. No, not at all. Um, three of your favorite things about Toronto. Oh, uh, access to Blue Jays games, easy access to Blue Jays games. I like randomly running into a people that that's people in a city that is so large. And I'm very thankful that I'm in a nice neighborhood where I can raise my kids. That's my three of my favorite things about Toronto. Now, three of your favorite things about Eddie Shack shortly in, in, in 10 words or less each thing. He's unfiltered. He's not politically correct. And he didn't give a shit. Love it. Great and answers. Unfiltered. And all three of those may be the same thing. But, and, yeah. That's, that's Eddie. I, I, Eddie was a throwback, and I, I'm old school, man. And you that, got in at the right time. You got to know him and all those I was stories. Blessed. I was blessed, man. He was diagnosed with 
cancer right at, at like the January after that book came out. So I was very lucky. And yeah, I mean, and that, and, and saying someone's unfiltered and not politically correct, that doesn't mean they're mean. He was one of the, the nicest guys. He just, he just yeah. didn't go for the BS that's pushed on him by a lot of members of society, I guess. I thank you for that. I got to know him. I met him a few times, but when a couple of years ago, um, when you were doing your book with him there, I got to chat with him for like an yeah, hour. Fun hour guy to talk. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got some stories. It was great. Um, your three three favorite th- things, same thing about Dennis Marouk. The handlebar. <laughs> his kindness. He's a really kind guy. And at his age, as he's approaching 70 almost, the man still has a mean, yeah. mean, nasty pair of mitts. He you does. get him on the ice, he can still snipe. You were doing uh, that book about him, and I, I was playing alumni games. Was. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, how, I, I should mention how open he was and how honest he was with his story. I admired that about Dennis. I, yeah, you were writing the book, and I was doing it. I had never met him. I'd heard my dad talk about him and say how underrated he was as a scorer and just the yeah. timing. There's lots of reasons. Well, you dissected a few. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it either. I was playing with him and Rick Middleton. And I, yeah. both of them, oh I was like, god. wow, wow. Oh These guys god. are still good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Now, those are two guys that can just dangle the bitch. Middleton should be in the Hall of Fame. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. If anyone out there is listening and they don't know who Rick Middleton is, please YouTube the guy. There's a video, actually, on him on YouTube. And, and Don Cherry used to love Rick and talk about Rick. And... Could, okay, so we talked earlier in the show. What about these guys these days? Can you imagine Dennis and Rick in this era? With no. that open ice? Yeah. And the, the good thing about Dennis was um, he would go to the nasty, nasty areas. And we're talking to the nasty areas in the 70s and 80s where he was abused. Yeah. Rick, he would just funnel through through everybody. There's Remember Grapevine Don's old show? I and, love it. And, and the goal in the opening credits that Rick Middleton got where he kicked it. Yeah. And went, and then, yeah, up to his stick. Yep. Sherwood. And he just curled it into the net. That, that is an image that's burned into my mind, that Rick Middleton goal. And the thing about Dennis, when we were doing the book, there wasn't a ton of footage of him on YouTube uh, that I could find. Yeah. Me neither. But Paul Patsko, who's a great hockey historian, he sent me some video of Dennis and, Dennis was just a, a, just a sniper, but I'd also say a very underrated playmaker. Very underrated playmaker. Um, but, according to my dad, he was a real underrated. I don't even know if dad played against him, but I think they have so many of the same friends. Right. That so era, you know, if I ever want to have a chat about that era. Same thing, yeah. though. The boys came here, right? We played an alumni game a few years ago. It was mostly the same people I'd played with before. I have Frady, Ray Bork. Yeah, right. Howard Chuck. I don't know if Howard Chuck was alive then or not. That kind of came on fast. Rest in peace. Yeah. But he was playing up yeah. until like three or four years ago. Um, yeah, he was unbelievable to me, um, to everybody. But I noticed. So, you know, you play these games and, you know, you can't really tell what a player used to be like. So you don't want to judge yeah. them. But there are you could once in a while you can see their attributes. Yeah. Right. Hard for Steve Shutt because he's a sniper in close and it's like, you know, playing against shitty goalies. He couldn't skate around as much, but I could tell it was Steve Shutt. But Middleton and Marouk, but Middleton, I couldn't believe his hands. I was going, okay, that's why. Like this many years later, he is still dangling. Like imagine him with a one piece with a feather light stick. 
Well, you'll what do they say, TR? You'll lose your feet, but you'll never lose your hands. True. Right? So yeah, yeah I wouldn't I've never been on I've been on the ice with Dennis a lot. I've never met Rick, but man, just the memories of him as a kid. It was just just disgusting, disgustingly good goals. Your three favorite things about Nova Scotia. Oh my god, the people, it's home. And the people, it's home, and go Cabot Links. As good as answer as any. Uh, that's tough on the spot. You'd rather have dinner with Frank Sinatra's driver, yeah. Robert De Niro's maid, Tiger Woods' caddy, or Muhammad Ali's sparring partner? Frank's driver. Wouldn't that be some good story time? He's got some tales. I would yeah. think if, yeah, I mean, I didn't specify for stories, but why else would you want to hang out with these people? You don't know who they are. It's always you know, about the stories, Tierra. You know that. I don't need to tell you that. No, exactly. It's why I asked. And you, yeah. you chose correctly there. You chose what I would have chose. And finally, listen, man, what's new? Do you have any books on the horizon? I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks, either way yeah. for a bite. What, what's new with you in your life? Not much. Uh, no books on the horizon. It's funny. People ask me, you must have get a lot of writing done during COVID. I was like, I got none because my kids are around the house the whole time. Right. So I write when they're at school and I had to homeschool and well, I didn't really do anything, but they're around. So you they're can't around. What's new. I'd say what's new for me is I'm full-time hockey dad. Now I'm, I'm deep into it. Um, kids playing hockey. So I'm, I'm full-time hockey dad. That's what's new with me. And I'm, I'm really excited because it's, I get a big kick out of seeing, my son on the ice and I, I firmly believe that life comes in chapters. Um, my, maybe my book writing chapter is over for the time being, but um, my, my new chapter is just trying to be the best hockey dad I can be and, uh, you know, enjoying the season, but I would love to write another book. I don't, nothing's imminent right now. There's nothing really out there. There's guys I've talked to, but you know, if they want to do it, they, they know I'm here. I'm, I'm happy to do it with them, but no, no, no big ideas have come in, come my way, but nothing, nothing imminent, but you know, always uh, grinding away at work, enjoying the season, yelling that they should let linesmen should get the hell out of the way. Let a couple guys duke it out once in a while. Admire the other night. Did you see that? Did you see that? A couple yeah. The I'm, devil's flames last night. That's worse than if you're, I mean, you don't want fights, but you're going to allow fools to come in and break it up right at the, the heat tweet, of the moment. I tweeted, I tweeted about it right away. Two guys both drop the gloves, take the buckets off, and in comes Barney Fife. It's faster than Donovan Bailey on the scene. Like, you're going to hurt somebody sprinting in that fast to yeah, break it up. To me, like, the, you know, by the time it gets to the linesmen and the officials, you guys just worry about making it a good fight and getting in there when the time is like they'll decide whether you don't want fighting around. They'll decide that, uh, you know, in a, in a board meeting right. after the season starts or after the season ends. But I find it annoying, too. You're watching. You're like, what are these guys thinking? They must have gotten to that point being an official, knowing how to deal with that. And does, yeah. does Batman come down and say, we don't want any fighting, so break them up? I don't think so. They're just their judgment calls are bullshit and they're getting in. Not only that, if one guy has an advantage and someone's just getting out of their Correct. jersey, you got at least let them come back. The entire stadium is on its feet and you just you're the you're a human buzzkill. Yeah. So <laughs> hi, Gail. Gail, how you doing? Gail, good to see you. <laughs> oh, um, so um, you're.
like a human buzzkill, but they broke this. You look at the Jersey Flames one last night, late in the third. I'm like, what are you doing? So uh, I just I just don't get it. I could go on about hockey fights forever, as you know, but I, I want to ask you in your day, right? If you're sitting around like this, yeah. right, and you want to die, how many times did the linesman say or the ref say, have at her, boys, hurry up, hurry up, or yeah. they're going to step in? How many times did that happen? They were always very vocal and the best ones that because the best ones, there was a lot going on. So you, it was survival of the fittest. Right. If you were shit at breaking up fights, you just wouldn't be an official in that game. Well, but at, all the time, people, they would judge it. Ken, they would look at it and go, OK, you guys done. You guys done. There's right. one on there's one with me and Jody Shelley. I'm not just saying it because I got the better of him because he's a real tough guy. Shout but, out heads. Yeah, yeah. Great, great fella. My guest on here. But I'm, I'm with the St. John's Leafs. He's with the Flames. And you watch that. That's cl- that's classic because the, the, the linesmen are talking to us. Him and I decide it's over. We look and we go, OK, and that's how to do it. I know there's a gray area, but jumping in right off the bat, when especially yeah. when someone is already punched, someone's going to get really hurt, really hurt. And, 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 and the thing is, too, the way they're jumping in off the bat now, the fights now are far more spontaneous than you and Jody going. You want to go? You want to go yeah. dropping the gloves, doing the dance, right? So these yeah. two guys last night in the Flames game, neither of them are heavyweights, but they both want to go. Get the frig out of the way. Let them yeah. go. Yeah. At it, that point, it, let us judge whether we want fighting in hockey. The, the fans will decide that for you, but it's not up to you to get in there. You don't have a cape on. Whatever your agenda is, there's 20,000 people here right now that say otherwise. The players... <laughs> Too. Yes, Both the players, players as well. Decided. They wanted to go. Yeah, the players as well, right? Uh, that's a that's a great point, Ken. I'm not sure how we got there, but uh, you and I we are on the same page. There. We, we always, 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 and we, we avoided most of the analytics stuff. Yeah. Um, but that will always be a, a topic. You and I see the world through the same lens for the most part, so it's no surprise. And I'm looking forward to being up there in uh, less than two weeks now, or I guess two weeks. Yeah. And uh at least hanging out. If you're if your kids, because I you know I'd like to see them and put some imagery to the stories you're telling me. If they've got hockey while I'm there, and I'm there at the fourth to the eighth at least, and then a little bit after, I'd love to come watch. Fourth to the eighth. Okay, and you're going to a Leafs game which day? The I'm definitely going to the game on the fourth, and possibly the fourth and the sixth. They're playing both days. Fourth is a Thursday, right? Yeah, I get in on that Thursday, and I know I got tickets that night. Uh, maybe I can sneak down there. You never know. Well, if you can get an old standing room only. Hey, why not? I might even, I might even, well, I'm sure you can, I'm sure Are you, you can. one of your fancy private boxes? Yeah, I, I'm, I've got some friends on the inside and a buddy that's going and between both of them, we got, we're looked after. I, know I don't, want to, put, I don't want to put the name out there because this guy was good, would get hounded. He get hounded. Yeah. He get hounded. Like I still get hounded for Habs tickets. I don't know if people think oh, I magically God. got a link to the box office. But I get hounded for Leafs tickets. I'm like, what? I get name of a scalper I can put you on to. Yeah. I, people think like if you're just in the hockey world, like once you broadcast one hockey central or play one NHL game, then you have unlimited tickets to various events, all hockey games, <laughs> right? And concerts for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be great if we did. Well, we'll we're gonna we'll get together, buddy. And I heard Boomer will get out with us. So we have a good good laugh. Uh, ideally, we go on a pizza crawl uh, with Boomer and then a pub crawl later in the day. But either way, love to see you and, and tell some stories. Thanks again for coming back on. It's always interesting. And uh, good luck, Ken the Killer Reed. Pick up one of his books at a store near you today. What's the best way, Ken, before you go, for people to pick up one of your great books? 
Well, support your local bookstore first off. Get off the internet, even though we're on the internet. Support your local bookstore if you can. Walk in and buy a book. If not, they're on Amazon. And thanks for having me, buddy. Always fun. We'll be on The Rock, hopefully in May or June. And uh, that's about it. That's all I got, buddy. Okay, oh. sounds good. Oh, go ahead. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Agreed. Okay, killer. Love talking. Here we thanks go, a lot. Good luck no. to you. And of course, Pucks in deep. Catch you on the rebound, buddy. And there it is. Ken, the killer Reed, recurring guest back again. Love talking to Ken. We will uh, go now out to a bar for a beer or a breakfast place for a coffee in a few weeks, in a couple of weeks, and uh, have that exact same sort of conversation for five hours. <laughs> but that's what I love about him. Uh, so thanks again to Ken. Great guy. Uh, I'm going to answer a couple of questions for you guys before I take off. So one person I found intriguing. Hey, TR, what are you watching on Netflix right now? Have you seen Midnight Mass? Okay. First of all, I did. And a bit of a hot take here, but I'll tell you what I think about Stephen King. Now, I've read a couple of books, and I've seen, I'm just going to give you two examples here. Midnight Mass I watched, and let's say those It movies, you know, It it 1 and It 2 about the crazy horror clowny type situation anyway it's called it most of you know what i'm talking about and this midnight mass is a new show on netflix what i find about stephen king is that he's great at creating imagery and the whole suspense each setting i I find he's a, a master at it even if you're not reading the book like midnight mass has this eerie feeling you're almost addicted 10 10 minutes in but he's so good at that that I find I find myself searching the, the reasons for things, uh, like what the movie is actually about. I don't want to. So <clears throat> if you haven't seen it or Midnight Mass and you don't want to know, I'm not going to give everything away. But, but I am going to say so stop here if, if, if you really haven't seen those and you're dying to see them. But I find there's no reason like if something happens, it can just be scary. Like if, if I'm watching a movie, say, I don't know, Nightmare on Elm Street and I open the door. Oh, lo and behold, we're at a camp and we're we're alone in the summer. And, ooh, we thought we'd be safe. But there's Freddy Krueger. Right. OK, it's a madman on the loose and he wants to kill you. But I find. At least in my small experience with Stephen King, there was where there were a couple other novels I saw I, I read novels I saw. Back in the day, I can't even remember, but I remember this being a thing. So like, like in it, there's these scary moments, but you're not really privy to why. Or am I wrong? Am I missing something? Like Midnight Mass, you're going, okay, like I'm watching this thing. Wow, that's scary. A bunch of dead cats on a beach. What's going on? My God, blood pouring for someone's eyes. And, And then it'll be explained, but no real root of it. Like there's no... You know, there's no explanation. It's like they can just get away with anything. Even with Superman, I have to suspend my beliefs, obviously, for a man to go flying around in tights in the sky and save people. But I kind of know the premise. I know why. He's from Krypton. Okay, this is why he's got superpowers. You know, like it or love it or or hate it. It's the way it is. 
Spider-Man, well, he got bitten by the spider. And now he got webs. But I find that these things are just these. Oh, that's scary. But why did it happen? OK, you got me. This guy's a bad guy. He learned. He learned about love and and, and emotions and, and sadness. And, and he learned about himself. And that situation was scary. And this is going to be scarier. And my God, don't bring that knife out. But why? What are the forces behind the evil? And can it be explained even in this world of sensationalism that of suspended beliefs? I still really I get the whole premise, but I I don't understand what's happening. And I find he's just he paints these pictures and all of a sudden there will be, you know, some scary monster that looks like the devil come out of nowhere. Ah, it's scary. What's going to but what, why is it there in the first place? Is that the devil or is it Jesus or what's the common? Is, is, is this a monster? Or what is it? Anyway. He's caught on to something because he's one of the best. Must be one of the most profitable authors ever. But. I can't say. That I respect his worth work as much. I don't know much fiction now. I normally read nonfiction, whether that's books or magazines or the Internet or whatever it would be when it comes to books, though, nonfiction for sure. So I can't say I get this big knowledge to go with, but, you know, I've read. I haven't stuck to one author, but often. I read different genres. I've come across horror, thriller, whatever. And usually there's a reason behind what's happening is all I'm saying. So he's created this niche for himself that every year seems he puts out another book that's generally scary. But I don't know, like, let's say what's her name came up with Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, is it? I think it would be harder. You got to come up with all these different re and even in that world, they're flying around on broomsticks and shit, whatever it's Hogwarts, not really big into it. I think I saw each one once with Tyson when he was growing up. But there's a general rule of laws that it goes by. It must be hard to keep track of all that and all the wizards and dragons and spells, but it's done. But with Stephen King, he can just go, hey, it's night. There's thunder and lightning. It's already fairly scary. You think you see something in the mirror. Boom. Okay, move on to the next scene. What's the reason? I don't know. It's scary. Anyway, moving on. Next, sponsorship. A few people have asked me now lately. Uh, I know DraftKings. Thank you very much, DraftKings, by the way. They're doing a great job taking care of us. Uh, awesome sponsor. And uh, the ones I mentioned at the end, they're uh, local, you know, Wedgwood Cafe, TJ's, Green Sleeves, all local stuff. And that's between me and them. But, you know, if, if you want to sponsor, you know, maybe some people said, you know, maybe at the beginning or the end, you can throw in. Look, you want to talk terms, either contact me personally. Just give me a DM or the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, I had some idea. You know, my rapid fire randoms is a regular segment now. Maybe someone can sponsor that. If it's local, uh, let's just say shoot me a note. Each situation is different. And I'm new to each podcast. I, I try to evolve a little bit somehow and make notes when it comes to sponsorship and the whole finance part of it. That's what I'm least. 
knowledgeable and good at. <clears throat> I should have a better idea, but uh, my mind, uh, yeah, I find the finances, math, it's all a headache. Not that I have to do much math. It's a conversation. But anyway, just uh, shoot me a note if you're interested. Okay, like I said, my book, go to flankerpress.com. I got a good buddy in town, Mike O'Neill. And Mike has a, you go to his Instagram. I think it's called Fit in 14. But it's, uh, he's a big influence on me. He's always, uh, always has been health-wise. I know I might promote having beers and uh, it might seem happy-go-lucky. <clears throat> like I don't do much outside of that. But again, I'm, I'm saying if you're listening to my stories or you're watching my podcast, but I do work hard. And these guys, Mike O'Neill and Mike Wall, but Mike O'Neill now I'm talking about, my good buddy, set me in the right direction years ago. I put on a lot of weight when I first retired. I didn't know how to deal with it. The transition was hard. I went up to almost 260, if you can believe it. And uh after working with Mike, the Mike in the mid two thousands, I'm always between one ninety and two hundred. I don't really fluctuate much, and he's phenomenal. So it, he's got these fit in fourteen, and he's got these online classes. So you don't just have to be from Newfoundland. And trust me, it, it's it's worth your while. So look forward to it, or look into it. And fit in fourteen ca or. Uh, M O'Neill seven on Instagram. Anyway, I, I really think this guy's real positive. I should almost have him on here. I tried a couple times, but um, one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met in my life when it comes to fitness and how to treat your body, just body well-being, um, what to eat, uh, how to treat it. He's ahead of the curve always and has multiple degrees in the area and uh an actual great athlete he's the only athlete i know of i think the only one to play with my father and myself when it comes to hockey played hockey and baseball with both of us right in that sweet spot he's in between both of us right um age-wise and uh one of the best athletes and uh Never come out of Newfoundland and uh, one of the best minds to ever deal with the subject of health, fitness, well-being. So Mike O'Neill, M. O'Neill 7, Fit and 14. Check it out. Uh, I think I'm going to end it there. Uh, it's been a couple hours. I, uh, I got a lot to do this afternoon. I think you guys have had your fill. Two hours of listening to mostly me. <clears throat> I don't know. It's hard for me to look at that with unbiased eyes. It wouldn't be me doing it. I find my voice annoying and my rambles almost ignorant, to be honest. But something's working. That was a bad way to put it. I find I ramble a lot. And I mean, I, lis I re-listen to these sometimes and it's like nails on a chalkboard. So I'm glad a lot of you put up with it because I know I cut people off. I talk too much, but Hey, if that's what's working, I suppose that's what's working. Whoever's tuning in uh, is either looks past that because you support me or genuinely don't mind the conversations, but either, either way, I notice the numbers are steadily improving and uh, I'm looking forward to get off the island for the first time in over a year. Next week, 
hit Toronto from the fourth to the eighth, and then Sudbury for the most part for the next four or five weeks. And I'll be back and forth. If you're in Ontario and you want a book, let me know. Uh, if you just want to see a show, I think myself and a couple of others, Tyler Morrison, I believe we might put something together. Just stay tuned. Follow me on social media and you'll figure it out. Looking forward to it, though. And um, thanks again to everybody who tunes in every week. Thanks again to Ken Reed. Boomer Phillips last week. Got some awesome feedback. Have, your, have yourselves a great weekend. Okay. And uh, happy hockey season. If you're a Leafs or, Leafs or a Habs fan, there's good times ahead. I'm, I'm confident. If you're a hockey fan in general, we're back. Lots of great storylines. And um, thanks again for tuning in to this episode 75, Tales with TR. See you again next week. Catch you on the rebound. Thanks, folks.